Another edition of Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. Ordinarily, we're talking with David Greising, President and CEO. We've got the good fortune today to have joining us in studio, Brian Zaru. He's the Director of Policy for the BGA. And Brian, always great to see you. Welcome back to Springfield. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, you're down here. It's a pretty big day uh, at yep. the State House uh, for uh, a visit by uh, an incoming dignitary. Uh, the mayor-elect of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, will be here. And being afforded a kind of an unusual and rare honor, he'll be addressing a joint session of the Illinois General Assembly. I was reading something this morning. The last time that happened was uh, when President Barack Obama, still president, uh, came to Springfield back in 2016. He was afforded a chance to address a joint session. Uh, when Lori Lightfoot was elected four years ago, she addressed each chamber separately but didn't have a joint session. But they're really rolling out the red carpet for Brandon Johnson today. Why, why is that? Absolutely. I think that the, uh, the General Assembly thinks that this is going to be a new day in Chicago. I think that the relationships that uh, Mayor-elect Johnson has with Don Harmon, President Don Harmon of the Senate. Uh, he used to work for Don Harmon. He has a great relationship apparently with uh, Speaker Welch. Um, and in contrast to Mayor Lightfoot, I think um, he gets along with these people. I think he gets along with state legislators. He received a, a, a number of a many, I can't remember the exact number, but he uh, was endorsed by many sitting state senators and representatives. Um, so I think that that will help. And I think that it's it's uh, incumbent on both the, the General Assembly and the mayor-elect to have a great relationship with each other uh, because they can't be successful for the state without having Chicago in the middle. Well, they're rolling out the red carpet for him. Or are they throwing open the doors of the vault to him as well? Because undoubtedly, uh, a Chicago mayor coming into the situation Brandon Johnson's coming into is going to be looking for some help and some financial resources from state government. Absolutely, which is why his address today to the joint session is going to be interesting because uh, we already saw that he met with Governor Pritzker. Uh, he he did speak with some of his. Uh, well, first of all, Mayor Johnson is Mayor Elect Johnson is walking into a pretty financial. Uh very terrible financial situation in Chicago, um, and he needs to raise some money. And he's already promised that he will not raise property taxes. So he has other ideas that he wants to implement. But a lot of those ideas require state uh, a state law. Um, and you know, the, the the thing on his side, I think, is that the, both chambers are run by supermajorities in both chambers. So that, yeah. that's going to help him because normally um, the GOP won't help in terms of raising any sort of taxes. But, uh, you know, and also they're not that friendly outside Chicago. Legislators are not that friendly towards or sympathetic towards Chicago's causes. Correct. So. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how his address goes today. Yeah, the, the Illinois political newsletter reported this morning that uh, some Republicans are planning to boycott the speech. They uh, they don't know that a uh, mayor-elect should be getting a joint session, but they also, like you said, they're just not that interested in helping Chicago out of its, uh, out yeah, of its own I, situation I, here. That's interesting. I didn't hear that, and I, I, I you know. Well, and we'll I, see. It might, yeah. it might just be a handful yeah. of outspoken people, but, uh, but we'll see what kind of a reception he gets when he comes in today. You know, one of the things that seems like he's going to have to uh, address in one way or another, whether it's in this speech or when he uh, faces the media afterwards, is what happened over the weekend. Uh, another weekend of, uh, you know, really scary violence uh, down in the Loop area with uh, teens creating lots of havoc, you know, jumping on cars and window smash and all sorts of things going on there. And there's been uh, some real pushback to Mayor-elect Johnson's initial statement where he said, you know, this is, this is wrong, it shouldn't happen, but hey, you know, we shouldn't be so tough on kids 
kids who've had a lot of disadvantages and things. And people said, you know, seriously, that's that's the yeah. angle you're taking on that. Yeah, I mean, here, here's my thoughts on that is I think we have one mayor at a time. Mayor Lightfoot is still in charge. Um, it seems as if she's, after the election, she's kind of <laughs> checked out. Yeah. Um, she hasn't been responding to any questions uh, from law, from uh, reporters. Um, but Mayor Johnson gave that, gave that uh, statement and um, uh, whether it was poorly worded or not, I, I can't comment on that. But it, it did uh, kind of give you a glimpse into how he wants to govern. Um, and he's always said this, so this is not something new. He wants to attack crime and uh, and youth problems from a holistic point of view, not just a heavy-handed police approach, but also root causes. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and uh, again, it'll be interesting to, uh, to check out the speech today. I think it's scheduled to begin at noon, where he will deliver remarks, and we'll see how much specificity is in what he has to say. Is he going to actually propose some specific uh, solutions or proposed solutions to problems, or is it going to be more just general terms about working together and, and getting along? Uh, but then after that, uh, the next several weeks will be crucial because we're uh, exactly one month from the scheduled adjournment of the General Assembly. They're planning to wrap things up on May 19th this year, uh, and that's a, a, a very short time for a very long push and a heavy lift to get a lot of things done. Yeah, I think that, I think, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what his speech is going to say. I think it will be more general rather than specific, because if you saw that he already met with Governor Pritzker, who already kind of uh, gave... Shot, shot down shot, several of those sh- revenue ideas. Shot yeah. down some of those financial, uh, the financial services tax idea. Governor Pritzker thinks that's going to hurt um, uh, businesses. The tax on million-dollar homes, we're not sure uh, in Chicago. I'm not sure how that's going to fly here in the General Assembly, because they do need state approval for that as well. Um, but I think it should, I mean, from my opinion, it probably should be more general and then discuss behind the scenes some specifics so that way he can come out on top. Well, we're talking about uh, troubled youth. We want to get into how uh, a situation we've talked about a lot in, in this segment in recent weeks, the uh, FOIA loophole for the judiciary, maybe putting youth at risk. We'll get into that next as we continue here. On full disclosure with the Better Government Association, Brian Zaru, Director of Policy, is our guest this morning, and he'll be with us again in just a moment. Sunshine, sunshine, sunshine. Welcome back to Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. Uh, this morning, Brian Zaru, Director of Policy for the BGA, is here with us. It's a legislative session day here in Springfield. And an important discussion on the BGA's website in recent days about an issue we've talked about a lot here this spring, and that is the uh, the fact that the Illinois judicial system does not fall under the requirements of uh, uh, Open Records Acts uh, the way virtually every other aspect of government does. And we have an ability to have that kind of over site for uh, for cities and for state government and for just about every aspect of government except one that has the power to you know throw people in jail and keep kids locked up and to do all uh, all of these things uh, but the judiciary doesn't fall under FOIA and so uh, you've been working to close that loophole and uh, the article this week shows a, another reason why this is so important because uh, that keeping that aspect of government in the dark can really put kids at risk absolutely here in Illinois there are a record number of different departments Departments that fall under the judicial branch. Um, in, in this article, uh, our, our BJ policy analyst, Sophia, Sophia Van Pelt, actually did a great job in focusing on juvenile detention centers that falls under the judicial branch. Um, they are required to have special audits um, and have some inspections, and those are made public. Um, but they're, it's not that often that they release these <laughs> they release these uh, reports. Um, and you cannot, and she's tried to, she, she reached out to 16 of the juvenile detention centers across the state um, and has received a lot of, a lot of, uh, 
pushback. And many, if you read the article, many of the emails are shown on the uh, on the website that say we are not subject to FOIA. We don't have to tell you. Therefore, your request is denied. Um, and in the meantime, you, we notice that uh, children or juveniles in these detention centers are are uh, you know there's a lot of things that are going on that are uh, against uh, that are against uh, some of the um, uh, regulations. For instance, conf- room confinement. Some of these children are kept in room confinement for more than 24 hours when they're not supposed to. Some of them are still being strip searched when they're not supposed to. So a lot of these things you cannot find out. Yeah. Um, and if we can't find it out, how can we make the system better? Right. And, and we have seen uh, far too often over the years uh, that these problems don't get better until you shine some light on them. That uh, until people know what's happening and start demanding change, the status quo will remain the same. So uh, you've been working uh, well, on legislation to, uh, to lift this uh, loophole and to put judiciary under FOIA. What's the status of that uh, process? Unfortunately, our bill was kicked back into the Rules Committee. And for those mm. who don't know, the Rules Committee is where things go to die. Yeah. Um, we have been working with lawmakers. I think one of the main problems is we knew this would be a really long-haul campaign because many lawmakers did not know that the judicial branch is not subject to FOIA. Um, so we have been in many meetings with lawmakers. Some of them are finally opening up their eyes. Articles like the one we just uh, published um, are great ways to show the, the public, hey, this, there's an issue going on here, and it could be fixed one way, but the judicial branch does not want it to be fixed. Um, they, they'd rather not have uh, lights on, uh, you know, shining a light on their departments. So it's in the Rules Committee now. I'm here. We're going to be pushing this bill. We're going to be continue talking to lawmakers. Um, and those who are, uh, you know, listening, um, if you find this as an area of concern, reach out to bettergov.org, and we can help you uh, contact your legislator to try to get this moving. You know, and, and nothing's ever entirely dead in the legislature, uh, so there's always opportunities. But, again, uh, lawmakers need to hear from people that this is something important to them, and it, and it should be because, again, this is a, a branch of government with a, a lot of power, mm-hmm. and with that power uh, comes the responsibility to be accountable, and, uh, and that's how that should work here. All right, in the uh, minute or so we have left, uh, Brian, just a quick update. We've uh, had the ongoing trial of the so-called ComEd 4, and these were the folks who were being charged with being part of a conspiracy to uh, help out Mike Madigan, benefit him so they could get their legislation passed. The defense has been putting on a case this week. What are we learning? So we're learning that um, ComEd, uh, well, what the prosecution is saying, that ComEd was doing everything they can to try to please uh, Speaker Madigan and his allies to try to push legislation forward. And with that came no-show jobs, uh, many no-show jobs at five, $6,000 a month to some, some Madigan allies. Um, and something unique you have now is you have Ann Promajori, who is the ComEd CEO, who is actually testifying in her own defense, which is pretty rare to see. Yeah. And also, I think from what I read this morning, John Hooker, who's also being charged, is also going to be testifying um, in his own defense. So, And, and it's just interesting because there's so many wiretaps that you can find on. Yeah. The Tribune's website has so many of them. And these calls um, are in, in discussion, conversation are wild. We're about out of time here, but but follow this carefully. It's a, it's. A-